Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Wendy Sellers, the HR lady. We are here with the CEO, Juliet Meskers. Juliet, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, tell us about your company, the name of it, where it came from, and, you know, generally, you know, what you can do for people like me who are HR or wearing an HR hat. Yeah, absolutely. So the name of our company, our, our company is called Moth, M-O-T-H. And M-O-T-H stands for Minds Open to Heal. But the real reason that we called the company Moth is because the most notable characteristic of a moth is its attraction to light. And we teach people how to guide others towards the light during periods of darkness. So we thought that the moth was very fitting for a logo and for a name. And it's really, um, you know, there's a lot of other beautiful facts about the moth. Uh, it's, you know, lives in the shadow of a butterfly, but it also goes through a metamorphosis and it's equally as important to the ecosystem. So it's all about how we have this inner beauty and this inner power and through connection and through sharing wisdom and advice, we can get to a higher, a higher light. Um, and be and uh, be each other's lighthouses when we're kind of drifting out to sea. So it all comes it all comes back around uh, that aspect of, of light. Um, so what we do is we provide a course called mental health intervention training. And mental health intervention training is a great course for HR representatives to go through because it'll really help equip them with the tools to assist someone who is struggling with their mental health or assist someone who's in a mental health crisis. So we'll start the course by talking about the spectrum of mental wellness. So how does someone tell the difference between when someone's having normal day-to-day stress and anxiety versus when they're struggling versus when they're in a state of crisis? And how do you differentiate based off of behavioral, psychological, and physical signs and symptoms? Then we'll go into stigma and stigmatizing language and behaviors. So one of the reasons that stigma is such an issue within workplaces is because we are trained through society to use phrases incorrectly, to use mental health terminology as adjectives. Um, So we might say something like, oh, the weather is so bipolar today, instead of saying the weather is super inconsistent today. And Mm. that can be really offensive and really hurtful to someone who has bipolar disorder, makes them feel less comfortable to access their resources through their work programs. Um, The utilization rates of EAPs are so low. Uh, 98% of corporate companies provide EAPs, which are employee assistance programs, and less than 4% of all U.S. employees actually access and utilize them. And that's highly because of stigma. 70% of people who receive a mental health diagnosis will not seek out support because of the stigma associated with doing so. So stigma is a big part of the course that we discuss. And then we get into the intervention aspect of the course. So what do those warning signs look like in someone who's struggling? And how do you 
use key verbal and nonverbal skills while having conversations with individuals about mental health. We want to use comfortable eye contact. We don't want to gasp when they tell us information that might be shocking to us. We don't want to be fidgety, right? So there's a lot of different skills that we don't necessarily think about that really come in handy while we're having these conversations. And then finally, we talk about suicide. And suicide's a really important part of the course um, because we talk about those warning signs and those red flags of suicide that slip under the radar that we go and we miss because we were never formally educated. Um, so we talk about how to help someone who's suicidal. And that's that's an example of a crisis, someone who's suicidal, someone who's having a panic attack, or someone who's experiencing self-harm. Wow. Hey, JC, you have some uh, statistics on suicide in the United States? Uh, that and more, Wendy, actually, yeah. Uh, one in five Americans experience a mental health condition each year. And according to CNN, suicide is the 11th cause, 11th leading cause of death in the United States as of 2021. And regarding wow. mental health at work, one in 6.8 people experience mental health problems in the workplace. Women in full-time employment are nearly twice as likely to have a common mental health problem as full-time employed men. Back to you. Um, you know, I was actually going to ask you, Julia, when you were saying all this information, I, I'm just like blown away. I was thinking about that. Is there a difference um, that you know of between men and women or you know, gender identity, et cetera? Yes, absolutely. So men are actually more likely to complete suicide. But uh, women are more likely to attempt suicide. And that's because men use more lethal means when they are attempting to take their own life. Um, But, you know, suicide and suicidal ideation, it doesn't discriminate. And it really affects a lot of people who identify as trans, who identify as non-binary. A lot of people in the LGBTQI plus community are disproportionately affected by mental health issues. And and that's greatly due to the stigma and the negativity, um, both systematic and societal, uh, you know, in in our country. You know, I I thank you for sharing that. I, I was really listening when you were going through the different types of mental health issues that peer support, whether it's HR or another peer can help with. And it's, it's not always a true uh, disease. It may just be something that is temporarily they need help right now and then they can get over it. I mean, is it, what are your thoughts or what are the facts? I would think that most people, including myself, think of the mental health disorders just as depression and anxiety. Not that it, that is even just, there's so many more. Yes, absolutely. There's so many different mental illnesses and um, you know, to name a few, there's schizophrenia, uh, there's bipolar disorder, um, there's obsessive compulsive disorder, um, postpartum depression. And we, in our course, we talk about depression and anxiety. And the reason we discuss depression and anxiety and don't go in depth about the various other mental illnesses is because depression and anxiety are the most common. Mm-hmm. They frequently co-occur, but all mental illnesses include symptoms of depression and anxiety. So really, yes. So because we're not teaching people to diagnose, they don't necessarily need to know the exact mental illness that someone has, but they need to know the warning signs of 
depression and anxiety and the symptoms of depression and anxiety so that they can identify that someone has some sort of mental health concern, regardless of what that might be. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to episode two of our five-part series on peer support training for mental health. In our next episode, episode three, we're going to cover identifying mental health concerns and others. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.